0: Are you looking to take your sports knowledge to the next level, along with movie reviews, gaming advice, and tech news? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to the BHB Trilogy Podcast with your host, Beast, Hot Sauce and Buckets.
1: All right, we're here at the BHB Trilogy Podcast. I'm the host, Manuel Chavez. We're here with Mr. Hayward, also known as the Vince Scully of Bishop and Watt, and as a bunch of stories to tell about Amah basketball and ama football. So can you fill in the blanks on your background, Mr. Hayward?
0: Uh, as far as Bishop Ahmad goes? As far I as any disingenuous. Okay, so in, uh, boy, boy, I could go way back. I'll go back to high school for that matter. I uh, attended St. Gabriel Mission High School uh, from 1960 to 1964 in, um, as, a, as a baseball player. And uh, in our league was a school called bishop Amat, which was fairly new at the time. Uh, I think the first graduating class was like maybe 60 or 62. So they're a brand new school. You know, we had never heard of them because we we're on the west end of the valley. But we found out about them in a hurry, man. We came out here and eight, eight times I played against bishop a we got pounded seven of the times. And we, we beat them, it was considered the, one of the biggest upsets in high school baseball at that particular time. They're coming off winning the Long Beach tournament. We come straggling in there and beat them three to one. That was shocked the uh, high school baseball world at the time. That was 1963. But um, anyway, I, I made a decision. I mean, once I got into young adulthood, that I had thinking back, I had so much respect for that school, as young as it was, and they drew pretty much, you know, from from the East Valley. There was not a whole lot of recruitment at that time, and um, I decided one day, I had children, that's where I was going to send them, so, and it worked out that way.
1: So, so, what was, how did your involvement with Bishop Ahmaud start?
0: So, in 1987, my, my son was, uh, he just graduated from All Souls in Alhambra, which is where we lived in Alhambra. Um, he was told, he had no choice where he was going to school, He's told he was going to Bishop Ahmaud. Well, the kids in this class, once again in Alhambra, had not even heard of the school. He had not heard of it, and he was questioning all along, why am I going there? And I said, well, it's not your choice, it's mine. You know, I've decided that's the best place for you. Because all his buddies were going to, you know, Loyola, St. Francis of Sal- Salish and Cathedral, Catwell, and so they didn- never heard of Bishop of mine. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's where it started, is the fall of 1987 as a freshman. Uh, he was a baseball guy, so... He had heard and read about how good this basketball program was during the summer. Uh, They were they were really considered one of the premier programs in the state of California. They're winning summer tournaments, etc. So when he got there, he wanted to get involved right away because he didn't know anybody. So he volunteered to be a manager on the basketball team. So after a few weeks of doing that, he he came home and asked me if I'd be interested in announcing, and I said. Uh, not really. Uh, why? They have no answer? He goes, no. So about the third time he asked me, I said, I'll tell you what. Um, if they can't get anybody else, I'll do it. So uh, I met with Coach Acosta prior to the start of the season and uh, been there ever since. I so uh, just completed my 34th year of basketball at Bishop Vermont. And uh, it's been a very enjoyable ride.
1: Is that how you started calling the games.
0: I did. Yeah, matter of fact, that, that very, that very team, well, since I've been there the last 34 years, it's certainly the, the best basketball team that, that i ever seen in Bishop of mine. Um They were the number one team. They were ranked number one in the CIF, number one in the state. I can even tell you their line. Jeff Lear was a center. Uh, the two guards were the, the twins, the Lamb brothers, which was Clarence and Terrence. And, um, uh, Stefan Pace was a forward. was an excellent football player. played football at University of Southern California, and the fifth was the junior Pablo Patino. But they were really that good. Matter of fact, uh, they were in the Angeles League at the time, and they actually beat Monterey twice in the league. And at that time, I'm not sure it ever happened before, and I'm certainly sure it's never happened since where Monterey was beaten twice during the league. But uh, as they say, the third tab's a charm, so they met in the sports arena, for the CIF title game, you know, and uh, they ended up losing. But uh, anyway, that was, was, well, the basketball season was 1987-88, so I guess it would be considered the 87th season, Mm -hmm. and they end up going to state and eventually end up getting beat by L.A. Fremont in the regionals, but... But they were, that, that's uh, the, the best basketball team I've seen. And they've had some really good ones, but that was special. McKnight was there. Was I beg your pardon? Gary McKnight from Notre Oh, no, yeah, he was there. Uh, I, I actually go pretty close to him because he'd seen me for a few years in those years. And uh, uh, very good. Well, I shouldn't say he's a good friend, but we kind of knew each other. And then they left the league uh, because... Uh, uh, Modern day, or not modern day, but um, the, the Orange County was growing. Jay Sarah was just established, and San Margarita had just been there for a while, and they didn't want to travel to the west. So they took the Angels League, made it strictly Orange County, and that's where we are today. You know, for the most part, and with the exception of football, we're playing in the, the Delray League, which is, you know, where we are now. So. Who
1: are the top players in modern day?
0: And you know, what sport?
1: Basketball
0: and basketball. Um, you know, I'm not uh, not sure this. Well, I wasn't that familiar with their big names, um, but uh, there was a there was a guy that probably the the biggest name in that particular era. That uh, he was a Seattle yeah, Player of the Year, All American McDonald's guy, and whatever. And he ended up going to. He ended up playing at SC, and he kind of washed out after that. So never made it, you know, in the the big time. But what I remember of those teams is, I'm not sure any of them, they all went to college for sure, but I don't think there's any names I recall that played in the NBA, for example. And uh, there certainly wasn't anybody from Bishop
1: LeMond that got that far. But uh, who knows, that day may come. So so about uh, your broadcasting, is there any mentors that you looked up to that you probably, like, want to emulate? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, as a young kid, I'd go play in the
0: yard, and I'd play a lot of baseball. Baseball was always my game. Played them all, but baseball was, was what I favored the most. And I'd play out there by myself, and every swing I took, every ball I'd fielded, you know, I was guys using Vince Scully's name, call in the background, uh, great Vince Scully. If there was ever a mentor for me. And it'd certainly be him. He's he was special. Even to this day, he's just amazing. And he could still do it. I know he could, but uh, I guess at some point you gotta you gotta call it quits. But uh, anyway, we'll see
1: how that plays out. Yeah. Uh, so about Omaha football, you've been broadcasting for how long?
0: Yeah, last year was the 32nd year. I can. Uh, I, I I've been blessed. I'm honored to say that. Uh, I worked for some great coaches Mark radiusius Tom Salter uh, Mike Fiore Mark Verdi, in the last 13 years with the great Steve Haggerty so the legacy of Bishop of Mount football and those coaches will live forever in my mind it's been just that it's been just a great ride and uh, Steve Haggerty he's, I'm sure he's been f- far and away of a, uh, definitely coached more games than anyone in Bishop of Mount history, so I'm not sure how many wins he has but it's got to be it's got to exceed well over 100 and I'm sure there's nobody else that's maybe I'm wrong that's got close to 100 wins as a coach so he's kind of been a lead by himself okay. still waiting for that first CI championship team and you know it's it's coming I can feel it it's coming
1: so so what's what's the biggest game you ever called Wow. The
0: Wow, that's a, that's a tough one, but I, I say there's one that really sticks out in my mind, and that was uh, Steve Haggerty. I believe it was his very first year. We were coming off some rough seasons, the previous few, and, and so uh, walked that the team that came into town was a nationally renowned program that, from Ventura County by the name of St. Bonaventure, and uh, they came in to Bishop Lamont. It was like nobody gave us a chance, nobody and uh, we beat them. We beat them, and I saw something I've never seen before since. They rushed the field. I mean, that dog pan you saw, I mean, they just rushed the field. I have never seen that. It was pandemonium
1: in a good way, but uh, yeah, that was special. Oh, can you describe like the atmosphere, like what everyone thought you were in a or?
0: Oh man, it
1: was, yeah, it was
0: like a student body, you know. I used to think most of them already paying attention to the game, right? Having their own good time. But, man, they were into it. The fans were – it was unbelievable. I would say, with the exception of that game, uh, as far as crowds go, etc., it was when we played modern day at home. Those draw Tremendous crowds. Loyola early on drew tremendous crowds. Great programs.
1: So what do you think about – I know the Damien game this year was pretty big, so Yeah, you know, and it was uh, Fred Bobledo uh-huh. in
0: the Tribune he started spouting and telling everybody how good Damien was with all the transfers, the new coach, and so he boy he had them as a big favorite over us, and they just walked in there and uh, hanging their heads walking out. So that was a great start to this team that uh, went on to have really a very good season. You know they ran into the Isle team uh, just uh, one too many times, but yeah. but they they're, they're, they're going to be there. They got to they got a strong team coming back, and I think they got some transfers coming in. So really looking forward to the next football season.
1: So according to you, what are the three most greatest teams have you ever seen? Well,
0: I think you got to give credit to the '92 team. The '92 team, they won the CIF. And uh, they were at a perfect 14 and 0. Went into at the time what was called a Reebok Bowl, which is a postseason game, and that was uh, the number one team in the city, LA City, versus a number one team in the CIF, and, and we played them. We hosted them. We didn't host them. We played them at the Coliseum in Los Angeles and beat them handily. We were the first 15 and 0 team California State history. So that was that was pretty special. And then after that, I mean, there's there's, there's a lot of good ones. I, I mean, if you're going by CIF championship teams, you'd probably have to say '95. But no, best football high school football team I ever saw was '94. That was the Daley McCutcheon, Corey Minor year. That that just had, I mean, just everybody in the, everybody on the team was a D1 kid. It was they were, they were number one team in in the in the state, the CIF, and the nation all the way through the regular season. I mean, ESPN was was in there at our school. It seems like every other week with a story. But, uh, hey, it's that old nemesis again, modern day. I saw them in the CI championship game, and, yeah, and they ended up beating us, they kept down the last play of the game, and, and we ended up losing it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, like I said, they, they were the number one team in the nation at that time when they lost it. So it was kind of a shame, but... Uh, Corey Minor was a national Gatorade National Player of the Year, and I, I think Dalen was a co-offensive National Player of the Year, Gatorade, so that's how good they were. And of course, they went on to have great careers, but that was a very special team. Cool. But then the one after that would have to be that Seattle championship team in 95 with, with the great Ralph Brown. Um, you know, there's been so many great running backs at Bishop Amod. But I would say... Th- Nobody carried a team and ran harder than Ralph Brown. He was amazing. The number of hits he took, I'm it wouldn't surprise me if he played that whole season with concussions. I mean, he just got pounded. But he was relentless. Tremendous running back.
1: So can you describe what it was like calling games, and there was, like, ESPN there, and there was, like, all these big, like,
0: yeah, you know, you know, it's funny. We, we got we kind of got used to it. We, you know, originally it was kind of a big deal to yeah. have them there, and um, and then you know we used to just have the Tribune, etc. But yeah. but all of a sudden with those teams, yeah, ESPN, local television stations, shoppers choppers overhead doing some filming, and yeah, it just it was amazing. But you get used to it when you're that good. Yeah. You know, we were that good. You know, and that span was. I would guess I'm going to say '80s through you know, mid to late '90s, where Bishop Ahmad was just right, nationally renowned.
1: They're they, were, they were that good. So, what are the three players, in your opinion, three greatest players you've ever seen? Well, I, I
0: don't know. I mean, I, you know, it's a it's Star Bishop Ahmad's history. I think their legacy started with the passing game, believe it or not, Pat Hayden and J.K. McKay back in '71, 70, '72, followed by John Shara. And that's where the legacy began. But shortly after that, uh, it became a running back. And, you know, they talked about University of Southern California being, you know, running back university. Well, that's what Bishop Amant became. You know, it started with Eric bien and followed with Maisie Royster. And when I came in there, the first one was Motu Ely. And then you go from there to, you know, Rodney Sermons and, and Scott Fields. I mean, they did Dale McCutcheon and... I mean, it, it was just, he could go on and on with those those great running backs, you know. Um, and then you had Scott Fields, and, and then uh, you had the Moore brothers, uh, Jalen and Damien, and then Wagner's William Wagner and Michael Wagner. It just goes on Toriano's suite toward the end. Actually, the kid that's coming back this year is going to be a good one. Hey, Ed Ramos. Ed Ramos. Yeah, he put up, matter of fact, that last game, the regular, that was against Alameda. I think he ran for 276 yards against the CIA Championship team. So I expect a lot out of him, and I'm sure he'll deliver. But, uh, yeah, those running backs were special. Defensively, um, of course, uh, it's been, that's what wins games. But the names that stick out there, I mean, you can go back to the 92 team. Uh, the defensive, well, was a CI player of the year, it was a defensive lineman of all things. And I, I guarantee you, before then and since then, that's never happened. That's how dominating it was the great Wilhan Zeely. Wilhan Zeely was a, a CIF Player of the Year, and yeah, that just doesn't happen to alignment. But, uh, you know, and then they, they had the Huma brothers, Rilogi and Reggie Huma, that were just stalwarts. And later uh, Davis Casadas as came out of nowhere, had a very, very special year, but you win on defense. Those are only a few names, but there have been some great ones there. No, Donnie McCleskey, uh, real special. You know, he played with he played with a couple of kids. So those that team should be mentioned only because uh, they had a, a they had a, a combination, of great. They had a very good quarterback uh, in Michael Lange uh, to Adam Simon, but the, the what opened up that passing game was a great Donnie McCluskey. McCluskey, if I remember right, he, i remember he had. To, I think it was one of his last games. He—he he ran for over three hundred yards, if I remember. He was special, absolutely. He had two tremendous years. see you have two years, and that's, that's hard to do at the D one level. But yeah, he was once again
1: one of many made many, many great running backs, Donnie McCluskey. So you, you talked about before this that Dwayne McCutcheon was like the greatest. Yeah, I have,
0: the, he's certainly the most versatile. I've never seen anybody uh, reverse direction and change speeds like he could. His lateral movement, his forward speed was just totally, it separated him as far as I'm concerned from everyone else. There were a couple of guys out of mere High School that were brothers that, uh, I don't recall their name, they were very similar McCullers. style. Pardon? McCullers. Yes. Yeah, the McCullough's. and they were very—they were special, and uh, they were very similar to him. But the difference that set him apart from everybody was, you know, he could have been—if he would have been a, a tailback for four years at Bishop Amat, he could have been as a freshman He's that good. He'd have put up to twenty-five hundred yards a year easily. He was that good. But uh, in those days, you had to pay your dues as a tailback. You know, you you, you had to be—you know, unless there was a senior. We yeah, had, had to wait your turn, and he did. You know, he didn't start till the senior year, and he could have been there as a freshman. As a sophomore, as a wide receiver, first-team all-CIF, wide receiver, defensive back, return punts, kicks, special. His speed, though, his lateral speed was special. And his, and his breakaway speed, yeah,
1: just nobody liked him. So obviously you watched Dyson play, but how was it, like, watching his dad and then watching him? Like, was it like
0: well, a... it never really got a chance to see him. Actually, if you remember, he didn't play his senior year. That's, true. That's the sad part. But and I missed the game he had against modern day when he ran for it, he put up almost three hundred yards of total offense against uh, I think the team that had won, won, won the uh-huh. CIA So there's no question he was he was good. But I, I find it hard to believe he you know he was uh, as good as his dad. Uh, he was a chip off the old block. He was good though. But I didn't get to see him the senior year, so it's yeah, not fair. it's COVID. Not fair. He was but, longer and leaner than his dad, but I don't know. I don't know if anybody's been that quick.
1: So you watched, obviously you've obviously been watching the football game for 33 three years. How has it changed since you first oh, started? The, oh, the, well,
0: it really has in a big way. They ran the i formation for the, probably the first 10, 12 years, and then they started opening up to a spread, and it's what you see now. You know, I think of the spread today and, and put some of the quarterbacks that never really were in it. I can think of Rio Reese. And, uh, if you put him in a spread offense or Michael Lange, and I hate to think of the numbers they could have put up. But, uh, yeah, it, that's probably the biggest change. Well, I don't know if you want me to get into that. It's I don't know. It's, 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 not, it's not, Let's put it this way. I mean, you've got Division One, and then you've got the—, the uh, the, not the Angeles League, the, uh, what's the, the Trinity League. Well, the Trinity League's kind of a, really, literally a league by themselves. I mean, the recruiting they're able to do, and, you know, these kids are coming from, some of them from all over the nation, and and they, all the transfers within the league is, and that's all, looks it's a little bit different than what everybody else does. So, uh, I think the CI've got it right, you know, when they made that open division or division one, now eight teams. Unfortunately, Bishop Ahmad, prior to this last season, always was the seventh or eighth seed in that. It wasn't even a, a fair playing field that they were playing against. It was kind of, it, it was just hard to watch knowing the, the differences between what we represent and what they represent. And I don't know if uh, this is anything that Bishop Lamont would be be sanctioning, <laughs> be saying this, but uh, that's the way I feel about it, and I think the general public feels that way. I mean, uh, it, it's it's pretty obvious. I think what they're going to do is I think they'll get to a legitimate Division One level. Now, whether they ever get to that super team level, like you see St. John Bosco, and you see modern day, with each one of those teams, you're probably getting 15 D1 kids, you know, on each team, you know, we Bishop reaching I mean, over the last 10 years, we're fortunate if we get one or two. So I don't think we'll see that, but I think what we will see is if this all plays out and you see, a, you know, those those schools may be in a separate division competing and everybody else legitimately, like in Division One, you've got, and that's kind of where we were at this year, you know, where we were at in the playoffs and, and we can compete every day with anybody, as far as I'm concerned. But when you get to the, the level that those teams are at, it's just
1: just not fair. Now, onto the football. I mean, not the, football, the basketball section. Can you name the biggest basketball game they ever played? Like
0: okay, so I would have to say, and I, I can't tell you what the year was, but uh, Gardena Serra was a legitimate CIF power for many years. And uh, I want to say it was probably somewhere in the, I don't know, early to mid-2000s. We were in the new gym at the time, and uh, Gardena Serra came in, and uh, number one team in the Seattle, number one team in the state, goes on and on. They had the uh, Marquise Lee, um, uh, Robert Woods, and there was a third one, and the third one was actually the the best player of the three that went on to play to SC. Mm-hmm. George Farmer. George that's who it was. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, they came in there and just watched them warm up. It was scary. You couldn't, you weren't allowed to duck in the pregame. All they did was go way up above the rim and just drop it in. But it was kind of scary to look at. But but I'll tell you what, we we beat them and it, it, without a doubt. I had a buddy of mine from work that uh, came and watched the game for the first time. And I, had to talk, I told him after. I said, hey, I've been doing this for a long time. I've seen a lot of games. This is the biggest upset in Bishop my really, history, as far as I'm concerned. I look, at, I look at that as a bigger upset than the Bonaventure football game. Not not? It's hard. It's hard for me to tell, but you'd have to ask Daniel Rodriguez, because that will stick out very well in his mind. Coach Erdl coaching? Pardon? Was
1: Coach Erdl coaching?
0: Yes, he was. Brent Erdl was coaching.
1: So that's it. like 20 he um, He said he said Robert Woods, so that's like yeah,
0: that's- Woods, Marquis Lee. Yeah.
1: Those are the guys that they were playing against, so yeah, no, that was uh that was, that was huge. I didn't know they played basketball. Who's that? Robert, I didn't even know they played basketball. They did. Oh, no. they did. Marquise but, course, Lee. Was actually the did. Uh, of,
0: of, of the three. Game. But if you remember he got he we we're we we're on or off. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I am, of the three, yeah, without a doubt, he's the most doubted. I mean, you look at as as a football guy, he was a great basketball player, but as a football guy, he was the most sought after guy in the nation. I think mm-hmm. more so than Marquis Lee and Robert Woods. But that's those sort of teams are just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Both both sports are crazy good. So we went to Yep. He had injury issues and uh, just kind of basically washed out of SC but tried out for a couple of NFL teams and just didn't make it. And he might have been only because he was a great receiver, but they didn't throw the ball much. <laughs> you know, uh, which takes me back to uh, the Bishop Amant teams with uh, with Tyler Vaughn's and Brian Ar- Brandon Arcanado, two receivers with quarterbacks, Damian play. Garcia and, and Ryder. Reese, I mean, those were the best throwing Bishop Amat teams ever. I mean, those two receivers were off I mean, Ryder Reese came in. That that's a guy, the football player, I'd say that had a run for a short period of time because of the injury to Damon Garcia. Uh, Ryder Reese came in. Nobody knew much about him, but he had a run of about six, seven games. Reese was throwing well over three hundred yards a game. D'Arcanado and, and Vaughns. he got him to the to the semifinals of the Seattle Championship game and uh, lost to uh, Corona Centennial on an extra point. But that team was, I mean, they could throw the football. I remember, I had writer Reese in that span, and unfortunately, that was his junior year. Both those guys were juniors, Garcia and Reese. So they came back for their senior year, and the feeling was, well, you know, Garcia got hurt, so that's why... Ryder had to follow him, but uh, so obviously Damien started and Ryder filled in on occasion, but uh, never got that shot he did as a junior. That junior year,
1: what he did was really special. So, back to basketball. I'm sorry. That's your game. <laughs> no, <it's fine. laughs>
0: well, I'm sorry, that's your game. And I'm going to tell you something well, you got a special game. I, I, was, I was really impressed with you. Thank you. No, seriously. I didn't, I didn't realize that till right now who I was talking to. No, really? Man, you're, you're, what a hell of a year you got. And you're coming back. Yeah. Yes, yeah, sir. I'm looking forward to that.
1: Thank you. Um, so, what were the top three basketball teams that you ever
0: seen? Well, obviously, that first year,
1: that took, without a doubt, the best. Uh,
0: the team that won it, and I'm not sure what, uh, what year that was, um, geez, what year yeah. would that was it 88? Yeah. Okay, yeah. That team, they, they, they were they were good. Um, Haywood, I think, was the CI player of the year that year. But, uh, I don't know. I i still think the one with Daniel Rodriguez in that beat Sarah, you know, they, they ran into a, a very difficult playoff situation. They were playing, I think it was Price out of, they were playing teams that were, I mean, guys were six, seven, six, eight, six, ten. you know, in the playoffs. But, you know, quite honestly, the team that won it, I think, was it 88? Uh, that division they were in was, uh, wasn't was any division that these those recent Bishop a teams played in. Those were, I mean, those were just outstanding. You know, and like that Daniel Rodriguez team was, I mean, that was that was good. Probably the second best team. And the yes. CF championship probably was the third.
1: How good was Daniel
0: Rodriguez? Like he was outstanding. Oh. You know, those, you know, that original team that I spoke about earlier, all those guys, they were all good. Um, and, uh, but I'd say since then, probably as, as a single player, Daniel Rodriguez, without a doubt, I, I think they are, they hung his number up there, too, yeah. if I remember right, it's in the Hall of Fame. That's another thing, Bishop Mount Hall of Fame, uh, to be inducted, you know, the rule used to be, and I never knew it changed, but was supposed to be the Seattle Player of the Year, and there are few in there that weren't, and uh, that's why it was kinda, I was kind of—I don't know what the rule is today, but you know, it's kind of like it's like Dodger baseball. You know, you have your—you know—your number retired. Hey, you better be a Hall of Famer, right? That's the way the Bishop Bonner Hall of Fame was—to have your number retired, the Seattle Player of the Year. So, I, but there are a few in there that that weren't. So I don't know if, if the rules have changed or what. Well, but anyway. No, no, they're all CIF. There'd be, there'd be 150 guys in there. There wouldn't be any numbers. <laughs> there wouldn't be. 2018, help me out there. I, I'm not going be the... Oh, you're talking about the basketball yeah. team? Oh, yeah. No, they were they were really good. They had, what they had that year was pretty good size. And uh, Damien Moore was their point guard, which was, was, was kind of needy. That, that's one thing about him is, is, you know, you can appreciate this being a basketball guy you ever see table on him. I mean, you watch him and he's, as he's dribbling, I mean, he's almost at that. I mean, he, he looks like he's totally leaned high. He's just so quick. Through the, I mean, he, he can get through the middle of that key just with quickness. you know. But uh, he struggled sometimes with the layup, but, but he was good. He was, a, he was a heck of a point guard. And I think he had that, he had that uh, football injury that cost him a senior year in basketball. That, that hurt him, but uh, but he was he was a heck of a point guard. But that team was
1: good. They had good size, is what I remember. Uh, they were, yeah, they were good. So what has changed from, like in terms of players and teams, from when you first started to you now? In terms of basketball,
0: oh, without a doubt, it's the three point. You know, unfortunately, Steph Curry has revolutionized the game. You see kids on the playground. I mean, Grammar school kids uh, throwing up threes all day. Nobody wants to play defense. I'm, I'm going to tell you something about Brandon Hurdle's teams. You know, I mean, there's people that, you know, that there's always going to be people that, uh, you know, think that Bishop Lamont basketball should be a lot better. But in my very humble opinion, I'm not sure there's anybody that does more with the talent he has than he does. And they do. I mean, Bishop Lamont teams play defense. They're not going to be very big, but they're going to strap. And those are the, that's the cannon. Kind of, that's what he does. He touches that. And uh, you know well, uh, you guys, uh, you're scrappers. You play defense. And that's what, the, you know, in spite of size, uh, that's what wins a lot of games. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Given how big Among football
1: is, the success they've had over the years, and baseball as well, what do you think the biggest reason why?
0: Well, you know, I think a lot of people expected that with the new gymnasium. It hasn't come quite to fruition. And it's, I mean, I don't know. We're just, uh, let's face it, we're not getting big kids in the school. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I don't know what that's all about. I'm not sure that other schools are able to do what we're not able to do in terms of getting that type of kid into a school. So I can't answer that question. I can just say that with what they have they do extremely well with but yeah I, I i'm sure that once again that once that beautiful facility was built it was kind of let like the it's kind of like field of dreams they will come right well we're still waiting i guess <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's no, we'll we'll they have not no they haven't they uh, we're getting well we're, we get a lot of kids that because of the tradition of this school we're getting kids with their brothers and their, their kids now I mean I got Chase and the Guzmans I, I've, I just recently uh, announced their kids in football and they were on the 92 CI championship team and their kids are playing now and' work very well so I'm beginning to now see kids of kids that, that I started with so yeah that's pretty interesting. <laughs> I tell you how old you're getting, I guess. But anyway, I guess it beats the alternative. I came close there once, so I don't want to do that again.
1: So um, we can move on to baseball. So what? So back, I think
0: you asked me a little bit earlier about other sports I've done, and uh, I'm, I, I think I mentioned earlier I was a baseball guy. Okay. So and I grew up with Ben Scully, and I love doing baseball. And uh, and I've done baseball over the years. Some coaches have asked me to do it; others haven't. Some of this, some have asked me to do the Seattle playoffs, which I've done. Uh, anytime they ask me, I, I certainly would be happy to do it. Um, you know, it comes at you know early in the afternoon. Sometimes that's difficult to make, but and I've done Seattle girls' softball with some great teams, so that's been fun. But you know what I've done recently? That's been a, a totally out of body experience for a while, but I got used to it and love it as volleyball. I've done, I started doing boys volleyball playoffs probably five or six years ago. And girls volleyball playoffs. This past season, they asked me to do the league games, which I did in the, in the, in the postseason too. And, and I really have fallen in love with volleyball. And that girls volleyball program, they're going to be really good this year. They they were co-champions a year ago. And so they're coming in this year. And they're all underclassmen. I mean, they're they were all the, you know, freshmen, sophomores, juniors a year ago. So they didn't really lose anybody, so they're all back. So there's big expectations for the volleyball program
1: next year. So, you uh, have you ever called like any like big baseball games?
0: Like oh yeah, no. I, uh, the one game I do remember, I did a uh, semifinal game. I believe it was a semifinal game. It was at the University of Southern California. So I've done a few games there because of baseball. For playoffs, and um, it was Rio Reese's junior year, and um, the relief pitcher, the name escapes me. My, that's, that's that's horrible to come up here totally unprepared like that. But um, he went on to UCLA. Help me out here. UCLA. Went on to UCLA. Small, sure yeah, but. Uh, actually was an All American UCLA in baseball, too, as a relief pitcher. Still holds the NCAA record for saves. Uh, Played in the Chicago Cubs organization is now coaching in UCLA. I know that all that about him. I can even tell you he's Richard Ward's nephew, David Berg. <laughs> anyway, the game we're playing, South Torrance, we're playing at the University of Southern California. Uh, and, he, and David Berg was a relief pitcher. And of course, Rio was the. One of many hitters they had on that team, but um, what I remember was is the South Torrance jumped out to an early five nothing lead, and this was going into the third inning, and of course you planned seven innings. We get to the, the fourth inning, and they bring in David Berg, I believe, it was the fourth inning with the bases loaded, down five nothing, and uh, and I believe there's nobody out, and he just shut him down, and then we proceeded to score a few runs, and eventually. Win the game. But that was, I mean, a, a game I won't forget because I thought we had no chance. But Berg totally shut him down. Offense caught fire and ended up beating him and got to the CF Championship game against Palm Desert at Dodger Stadium. And of mm-hmm. course, Rio hit one out that day. And uh, that, was a, that was a big day for Bishop of my baseball. But. What year was that? Home
1: run.
0: And Dodger Stadium was his junior year. Yep. So that was quite a year for real recently in In the football season in the San Gabriel Valley Player of the Year he ended up being the San Gabriel Valley Athlete of the Year he the CIF Player of the Year in baseball and he goes this is his accolades went on and on so of course you figure his senior year is going to be off the chart well unfortunately about halfway through his football season he gets hurt so he missed the rest of the football season and most of the baseball season so yeah, you, you, we saw the best of him as a
1: junior. can't imagine how good he would have been as a senior that we just didn't get a chance to see. Special player, special player. What are the top three players in baseball you've ever seen? Well, i tell you, well, um, where I
0: saw or actually announced, that
1: was, I know. I saw, of
0: course, I saw, I saw. of course, Michael Young um, play, and, of course, he's a borderline Hall of Famer. Went on to play at, you know, I think it was UCSB and Texas Rangers and accumulated with about 2,700 hits in his career. Probably made 10 or 12 All Star games. He bought a of Hall of Famer. Danny Heron, of course, saw him. and uh, he uh, Actually, Danny Heron was a, a hitter more than a, than a pitcher. As a matter of fact, his senior year, he didn't really pitch that much. He was just a great hitter. Played first base. And went on to Pepperdine and was a pitcher. And, uh, and a designated hitter, and I'm, I'm sure he was a, an all-American that year. And of course, the rest is history. He had a great career with the Cardinals, the Dodgers, the Angels. Him and, I'll tell you, him and Michael Young, in my opinion, retired before their time. They both had they both had years left in them. They weren't they they, they walked away from the game, and you know, with, with their head up because they didn't have any down years. They were good. Very good, of course. Another guy I haven't mentioned yet, but I consider him the greatest athlete in Bishop of history. And I can only talk from the history, but I think what I'm going to say proves to be history too. He's the only player to be first team All-CIF Division I in two sports. What people realize is, especially the baseball program, up until recently under Coach Hoggett, they were a Division II and Three team. The only Division I title in Bishop Vermont history with there's so many, was that I believe it was a, uh, uh, it might have been 92. And there was a freshman by the name of Dennis Weirich on that team, played shortstop. But Weirich went on, and that was a Division I Seattle Championship team, the only one. But anyway, he went on to have two years as a first team, all CIF football, Baseball guy. Division One and Two sports. Two years. Not I year, you two years. And I'm certain that's never been done before. What's his name? Dennis Weirich. Dennis went on and played at the Arizona State University. Great quarterback. He played defense and shortstop in baseball. He was just a great... You know what? I remember a coach at the time telling me he was probably the best basketball player. Didn't play, didn't play basketball. He had at some time. But... Uh, yeah, he went on and played at Arizona State, drafted, I think it was by the New York Yankees, played a little bit in their organization. Now he's, a, he's an agent. I know there for a while, he was, uh, he was working for Scott Boris. I don't know where he is now, what he's doing, but I know he's still an agent somewhere. And uh, he's an agent for actually a, a former Bishop of Seattle Player of the Year, Scotty Harris, baseball guy. And
1: he's in the Gardner organization, so I know he was his agent. Yeah, 'cause I made one a thing for him one time. Where? That's where. I've
0: already before. Yep. No, no, see, Yeah. I keep saying special, but that's Bishop Amat. I've been blessed. I mean, I've been around so many special. I want to say student athletes, not just athletes, student athletes, young men. I've seen grace the doors of Bishop Amat, the
1: fields. It's been just been a wonderful experience. So what is what is your favorite like memory that you have from alma, or favorite like, experience or story? not it, it doesn't have to be sports related, just whatever. Well,
0: I don't know if I got a favorite. I mean, I mentioned so many highlights of what's been a, I consider a wonderful career. Um, but I mean, if I'm being honest, a man's legacy is always going to be his family. So I would say I'm so proud of. My family, I, I had a son that, you know, played on the, the 95 Seattle Championship team. As a as a sophomore and, a, and a, a, a defensive lineman on that great team that year. And, uh, yeah, that was special. And, of course, my son played four years of baseball there. I had a down played play volleyball there for four years. So I guess, you know, th- th- that would be my greatest experience would be
1: my family there, playing there as a— uh, Wonderful experience. Why? Why do you? Why do you keep on going? Like, what's Because
0: nothing? I love what I do. You know,
1: and the only way they're going to get me out of there is if they fire
0: uh-huh. you know, me. Uh, I'll go unwillingly. <laughs> but you know, I I'll say this. I don't know if this is a question you'd ever ask, but I do have a great fear. Every time I step up to the microphone at a Bishop bishopal event, and that fear is whether the sound system will work. No, seriously. I've been in so many situations.
1: You've seen, oh, it, yeah, with the
0: sh- You've seen yeah. it
1: in basketball, oh.
0: football. I, I mean, it's just, it, it's actually it's gotten a little better over the years, but it's still not good. I mean, that, the gym when it was new was good for a while. Now it's, it's, it's I mean, a new gym is, not that it's old, but I think it's probably about what, 10, 12, 15 years old, but I think the sound system something that probably needs to be upgraded. Football, of course, all you can do is look at the, f- the field and see how old it is to know that the system is um, been old. But that was upgraded probably, you know, maybe seven, eight years ago. This was gotten better, but
1: there, yeah, that's a fear every time
0: I step up that microphone.
1: So. With, with the retirement of Monsignor Carroll, okay. uh, it's a new era, so what, what do you think is in
0: store for me. Well, boy, that's a, that's a question of uh, this, this new century we're in. Um, first of all, i like to talk about athletic directors. Uh, when I started, there was Mark Paredes and Glenn Martinez and Randy Dimmitt there for a while. But the last, i got to believe, 20-plus years has been Michael Manso. And Michael Manso has just done a wonderful job, and he's, he's leading us. So we've recently lost the Monsignor, and Michael, Michael Manzo. And Michael Manzo is a mentor there as a athletic director. He's got many, many CF championships under his belt having I mean, been there. So he's done just a wonderful job. And I'll tell you one thing about him. Everything was by the book. And no exceptions, it was by the book. So that kind of separates us, in my opinion, in a lot of ways, from a lot of different schools and leagues is the way we run our athletic program. And, sort of course, that starts with the Monsignor. Now, with him gone, we're under a new regime and a new athletic director, a combination of both Steve Haggerty and Joe Hoggett. Now, that's interesting. Those are both co-head coaches of two great programs. So we'll see how that plays out. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a new era, and one I'm really looking forward to because – I think it'll be a. I think it's going to be a great one. I expect great things from this football program. Joe Hoggins done with baseball. Like I said, with baseball. You know, uh, since uh, Nieto left, those were all lower division teams. We're in division one now. You know, and he's battling. Uh, he got the semis a couple of years ago, and once again here, in and that uh, going up against that that, uh, that Trinity League and the powers there, Orange Lutheran and, and Jay Sarah. Anyway, and once again, not even playing field, but, but he's done a wonderful job. So so seeing those two guys as ADs, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see the, the future
1: of Bishop O'Connor Athletics. Have you ever considered announcing?
0: I've, I've actually been approached a few times. Um, yeah, the most recent was uh, uh, the uh, I, that, that uh, Indoor Football League was starting up. They were going to have a team out of uh, – out of um, that Hacienda Heights where the where the golf course is up there Industry Hills mm-hmm. where they, they have, a, they have a, it's like a horse equestrian area. They're setting up an uh, uh, in, uh, indoor football arena for the indoor league. So I got approached by the league to see if I was interested. And I said it was, but it never got off the ground, so that never did happen. But, was it indoor football league? Yeah. Like- yeah it's like... Uh, What's, what's the indoor league called here now? It's been, they've been playing it for like 30 years. Arena football league, that's what it is. Yeah. So.
1: Anyway. Are you changing the battery? You can the
0: So are you father-son? Yeah. Oh, I did. Okay. Let's
1: get so this, get this, like uh, We need you to practice uh, <clears> being winning, uh, <clears throat> the
0: game-winning. The game-winning the, call for when the backup team went to right. <laughs> We'll give you an experience <laughs> of haven't Oh boy, I don't know. I'll never begin that one. Uh, oh, let's 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 say let's let it play out <laughs> and see. <laughs>
1: I mean, who, who you lose it, you losing the point guard. Losing the point guard, the other guard, the big
0: guy. Yeah. The when I don't all those lower division teams were good, right? The, 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 the lower division, junior varsity freshman. Oh, yeah. Those were good teams. Yeah. Matter of fact, wasn't most of the JV team freshman? Yeah. Like, his game his brother on varsity. Right, oh, good. I think a lot would of you did you, would like, you have, How many points did you end up averaging? 17. You? Yeah. yeah. Okay, you had one game year off and you had 25 and a half. Yeah. So yeah. yeah you had to be first team all eight, right? Yeah. You did. Yeah. any all sang all San Gabriel Valley for the trivia? I got uh, 13.
1: Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, first team. You first team all CI? Yeah. Really good for
0: you. Thank you. Wow. So that so right away, you're in the you're in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Once you first see Malcieff, you're in the Hall of Fame. Now you got to get your number retired. To do that, you got to win the CIF. Yeah, that's the goal. Yeah. Thing. Well. So you're going to be a senior next year. Yep. Yeah. Who's the other your buddy that's going to be a junior?
1: My other buddy.
0: Yeah. The My other boy. the other guard. Marco. Yes. Mark, yeah. yeah, he's good. Yeah, you guys you guys can be tough.
1: But uh, is it going? Oh, so back to the other question about doing broadcasting. Past special moment, thank you. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. Uh, no, not really. Uh, no, Nothing's nobody's really ever approached me. Except. No, I'll tell you what I did. This did, did one year. This mm-hmm. was, this was special too, because I like, once again the Dodgers, etc., etc. The and Vince Scully being Vince Scully. So. I heard that the, uh, the public address announcer was leaving. So I decided to put a tape together and sit in to see if uh, I get a tryout for the public address announcing job. And uh, they gave me that tryout. So I went up into the booth and I uh, thought I did a really good job, actually. I kind of announced a lineup of, of uh, old Dodgers, that, like the 65 team, for example, that I was a bad boy of. Yeah, and I didn't remember all those guys. When it was all said and done, I thought, yeah, I did pretty well. The guy comes up to me and he goes, hey, man, you're, you're, you're really good for radio. I go, what do you mean? I go, uh, I said, what public address announced? You got, you got a voice for radio. He says, well, what does that mean? Well, probably doesn't resonate or deep enough or whatever. And I go, I guess that means I didn't get the job, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, the voice has actually gotten softer as a result of a issues I had a few years ago, so it's, it just
1: hasn't really come back, but, but I, hopefully it's good
0: enough. Yeah. yeah. So
1: how has the school itself changed since you've been there for all those years? Well, I don't know. That would be a
0: real tough question to answer. I mean, uh, I think to answer that question, you'd have to be around the school, you know, during the day and 10 classes, et cetera, et cetera. No, that dog, that dog pound's pretty special. You know, you know, the basic thing about it was, pre-pandemic, if I remember right, the somebody, the, the, I don't think it was the athletic department, but I think the school uh, came down on the the uh, dog pound for unruly behavior, you know, with the smoke. bombs oh, yeah. All that. And so I think uh, as a result... Um, they started, I think they banned the dog path for a short period of time, didn't they? Wait, long. Like after COVID? That was pre-COVID. Oh, I, don't uh, I don't know. But I know there was, there was some kind of uh, resentment there from uh, the student body that they weren't showing up because of, I think it was uh, unruly behavior as a result of you know, some of the antics I guess they were doing. But... Uh, no, that dog They they play a very important part. Bishop above football, they really do. They're they're a fun group to see do well, and the football team obviously visits them when the when their game is over. So they think very highly of them. So
1: yeah, dogpounds good. But yeah, yeah, that would if you're talking about games. Yeah, that would be a change for sure. All right. So last question: If a parent is considering other schools. Why should
0: they pick which one? Well, I'll tell you what. First of all, you know, there's a lot of kids that are going there for uh, maybe athletic reasons or academic reasons. My opinion is if you're an athlete, you should be going there for for both, knowing that you're going to get a good education because, you know, when that scholarship comes, uh, you know, you still got to show something in the classroom. Mm -hmm. So you got to be prepared for that. And if you're not... There's a lot of disappointments. And you might be a D1 athlete, end up at a junior college, which I'm not saying is bad. I'm just saying you, you could have possibly given up a, a four-year free education. So that would be number one. And I think, you know, I've said this, and I'll tell say this to anybody, especially from the San Gabriel Valley. You know, Bishop Lamont is the only one, as, as far as the football side of it goes, that plays in the Division One program. You know, you, you got to go as far west as the San Fernando Valley, or as far east as, as St. John Bosco to find a football program of that magnitude. And um, as a football player, I, I would say something you should highly consider. Um, but as, as as just an athlete, I say, man, it's just uh, it's just it's a great experience um, from what I've seen, because I've, I've seen all the all the sports there pretty much. And, what I what I see there is is, is like a, a brotherhood. I see a, a rich, genuine friendship. Uh, um, I mean, they, these these athletes actually love each other. They, they, it appears to be. and uh, there's a real sense of teamwork. Mm-hmm. Right? I don't think you see that in, in a lot of schools. It's it's about me and it's about numbers, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't think they don't they allow that there. The, the coaching staffs there they're not concerned about numbers. They're concerned about getting players on the field, you know, and of course, winning is is always important. But it's it's the total experience, and it's not about numbers. They don't care what your numbers are, quite honestly. Uh, they just want a, they just want the best experience for the team and to win, you know, on in the interim too. So
1: that that's what I would say. All right, uh, so that's it. That's a wrap on this episode of the Football Podcast with Mr. Hayward. Thank you for coming.
0: Incidentally, that's Brian Hewitt.
1: Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh,
0: boy, I, I feel very fortunate in uh, being interviewed by the great man, Will Chavez. <laughs> you know, boy, I called yeah. his name a few times this last season. He probably hasn't told you, but, uh, you know, he's a first team. Uh, all, is a Del Rey or El Camino Real? Del Del Rey League. Oh, Camino Real. Yeah. Camino Real. Yeah. Yeah, he's not even sure, but but anyway, uh, first team all CIF Southern Section. So he's already in the Hall of Fame with uh, his senior year yet to come, and who knows what that senior year will bring? It might bring something along the line of Manuel Chavez for three, God assist Eli Chavez, Lancers win CIF title, Bishop my Lancers, Manuel Chavez. thanks so much for listening to this episode of the
1: bhb trilogy podcast with east hot sauce and Bucket. if you enjoyed today's episode please leave a review and subscribe and for more great content and to stay up to date visit bhbtrilogy.com we'll catch you next time